you glad to know that he can, that he's able, amen? All right, let's give him a shout of praise in this house right now. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. So today we welcome you once again to God's amphitheater. The Bible said the heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. Aren't you glad to know that we serve a God that's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think? We wish you a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. And today we choose to remember those that gave the ultimate sacrifice for our liberties and our freedom. And in the hour that we're living right now, it seems more apparent and there's more of a reality and a cherishing of our freedom and liberties than maybe we've ever experienced in our lifetime because of a virus that's tried to take things away from us i'm so glad that we have a god that's able to restore things to us amen and so we want to i, I want to give a shout out to Teresa today she's watching online i got a report that she was watching last week and uh, she's been struggling with some things and it was one of the first times in a long time that She's been able to worship God and feel the presence of God. So we just praise God for her. Amen. Give a shout out to Teresa. Also, uh, just before I get started in the message today, a few announcements. Uh, we're thankful that the president has recognized that churches are essential. Obviously, we've always known that. <laughs> Amen. Now, I said that to say this because we got some phone calls saying, well, when are we going back in to the service? Unfortunately, his office forgot to contact our office because we're under renovation right now. We didn't we didn't know that this was going to come up. And so we had planned to be down until the end of this month. And so we've got a great surprise waiting for you when you come back inside. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do that until at least June the 7th. So we've got one more weekend in the parking lot. And the Lord willing, after that, we'll be back inside. And we'll have some more information for you next week on what that's going to look like and how that's going to happen. But let's just give God a praise for what he's doing. Amen. You'll you'll see when you uh, are able to come back inside that while all this is happening, God's been doing some great things, and it were things that we didn't even go looking for, but things that came to us, and so we're excited about that. If you have your Bibles, I want to talk to you today for just a moment on I remember. Everybody say that with me. I remember. Today across this nation, people will visit uh, gravesides and they'll decorate tombstones and there'll be special services for fallen soldiers that gave a sacrifice and I think it's important that we remember that freedom isn't free and so I as I begin to think about that there was a passage that came to my mind in Psalms chapter 20 and verse 7 and this is what it says some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Would you say that with me? I remember. Let me read it one more time. Some trust in chariots 
and some in horses, but we will remember the Lord our God. This is written by David. You remember David, the giant killer. David, the great warrior of Israel that had conquered armies and subdued nations. And yet David is writing and he's setting the record straight. He's saying all the victories that I've ever won have never been about me and what I was able to do, but it's always been about God. He's declaring to the people, he's saying, there are some that trust in the arm of their flesh, that trust in their chariots and in their horses. But I've learned that the best way for me to win the battle is to remember God. How many of you know that's still true today? The best way for us to win victory is to remember God. Not to try and find it ourselves or do it on our own. But the Bible says in Proverbs that if we acknowledge him in all of our ways that he'll direct our path. And I'm telling you, I've learned from experience that when God is directing you, the path is so much easier and the, ro the road is so much smoother than when you're trying to go it alone. And so David is giving Israel a word of confirmation, a, a word of instruction to never forget God. It's a word that they would have done well to remember. But unfortunately, like it is in life, sometimes those things that we need to remember the most, we tend to forget. How many of you had a father that used to say, who left the door open? Were you raised in a barn? Will you turn the light out when you walk out of a room? Don't you know that electricity costs money? Don't waste that toothpaste. Squeeze every last drop out of that tube. And so I always forgot those things. Sometimes I walked out and left the door open. Sometimes I left the light on in the house. And my wife loves light. So there's a constant... <laughs> I don't have to wonder where that honk came from, folks. That's Debbie in the car down there giving me a amen. She loves light. And, and I'll, I'll walk through the house and I'll say, baby, you got every light on in the house. She said, don't worry about it. It's LED. It doesn't cost much to run. But it's, it's just something that's embedded in me, and I, I go, I'll follow behind her shutting lights off, and she'll come behind me turning them back on again. Look, I'm telling you that there is one light that we can't afford to shut off, and that's the light of the world, amen. We need to keep Jesus bright and strong in our heart. So David warned Israel. He said, look, there'll be people that trust in their chariots and some that trust in horses, but we trust in God, and Israel forgot that they forgot to trust in God and when we forget God sometimes we find out that God's favor is an, on our life the way that it used to be and so these people write in the hundred in, in Psalms chapter 137 I want you to listen to their hearts as they begin to remember what they had forgotten he said by the rivers of Babylon there we captives sat down and wept when we remembered Zion, the city of God imprinted on our hearts. On the willow trees in the midst of Babylon, we hung our harps. For there they who took us captive demanded of us a song. And our tormentors who made a mockery of us demanded amusement. 
saying, sing unto us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange and foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her skill with the harp. Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if, it, if I do not remember you, if I do not prefer Jerusalem above my chief joy. Israel had received a promise from God, and God performed that promise for them. He delivered them a land that flowed with milk and honey. Unfortunately, as years went by, they began to think that all they had was a result of their own doing instead of God's doing. America, we need to hear today that we're blessed because we're still one nation under God. That the reason, the reason God's blessing has flown to this nation is because the word of God has flown from this nation into other countries around the world. And we need to remember they forgot, and when they forgot, they found themselves in captivity. They saw that city that they loved. They saw her destroyed. She lay in ashes. And now as captives in a foreign land, they hung their harps in the willow. They begin to remember the way that it used to be when God was among them, when they, their hearts were turned toward God. And now they see themselves and recognize that they wish they had not forgotten all of God's blessing. They wish that they had not forgotten to keep their face and their heart turned and knitted toward God. And so they reminisce and they begin to talk about all that was lost to them because they forgot to remember. What we choose to remember can have a profound impact on our lives. In Isaiah 43, 18 to 19, it says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the desert. And I'm, I'm sorry, I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. If we focus on the wrong things done to us, if we focus on people who've caused trauma in our lives, then we're going to miss out on what God has for us. So hear me today. Isaiah is telling them, God is speaking through Isaiah and saying, I don't want you to remember the old things. I want you to remember what I've got for you now. Everybody say, he's got it for me now. No, 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 that's pretty weak. Say it, say it this way, right now. Say, it belongs to me right now. And so he tells them to leave that behind and, and don't focus on yesterday, but, but look at your future with God. And so I want to share the story with you of a man that in a precarious situation... In a situation that looked like it could not get any worse, he chose not to look back, not to remember the former things of yesterday, but he chose to look forward. And it would seem that he had nothing to look forward to. This man had made some wrong decisions in his life. He had continued down a wrong path until finally it caught up with him and the authorities apprehended him and the verdict came in condemned. 
he's condemned to die. And it seems like there's no hope for him. There's nothing for him to look forward to. He takes the long walk down death row with two other inmates beside him that are going to die along with him. He is marched up a hill and he is fastened to a tree. It was death by crucifixion. And as he hung on that tree, one of the men standing beside him began to look at the guy in the middle and they began to, he began to shout at him and say, if you're the son of God, get yourself off of here, save yourself and save us. And that man that had nothing to hope for, that had nothing to look forward to, struggling for breath, called across to the other thief and said, what are you doing? We're, we're here because we deserve to be here, but this man's done nothing worthy of death. Why, why are you talking that way to him? And in the midst of all that turmoil and in the midst of all the struggle that's going on around him, think about this. He's struggling to breathe. He's getting ready to die. And yet he looks to Jesus and he says, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, and Jesus gave him a promise and said, today, you're going to be with me in paradise. Well, in a few hours, that man found himself no longer hanging on a cross. He's no longer experiencing pain, but he finds himself in a place called paradise. And he remembers that he was a breath away from winding up in hell when he turned and looked toward the Savior of the world and when he looked toward Jesus, Jesus gave him a promise that secured his future. It doesn't matter what it looks like, folks. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. You need to understand that God is still God. He's still able. And in the midst of your turmoil, in the midst of your defeat, in the midst of your anxiety, he can show himself real so you need to ask yourself a question what do I choose to remember what am I going to focus on if that man hanging on the cross that day had focused on everything that got him there he could have died a lonely horrible death but instead of focusing on what got him to where he was at, he focused on the one man that could change his direction. Isn't that odd? That standing at the brink of death, that someone could change your direction? What hope could Jesus possibly give him? This is a man that saw more than a carpenter's son hanging on the cross. He saw more than a would-be rabbi. When he looked over and saw Jesus, he didn't see him seated on the right hand of power. He saw him dying. But even in his dying, there was such a love that radiated from him that it drew that man to him, and he said, remember me. I wonder how many of you today can remember how many of you remember that time in your life when you were at your lowest and God showed up in a way that you never believed possible? 
<laughs> Isn't it good to know today that no matter what you're going through, that there's someone that's able to see you through? That no matter what you're facing, there's someone that's able to change the outcome? Something that has been predetermined by others is not predetermined by God. He's the one that has the last say in your story. Why don't you let him write you a brand new chapter and turn the page? Amen. The song that they were singing said, You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. And you're the only one who can. Everybody say it with me. He's the only one. He's the only one that can. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let me ask you a question. How many of you ready for a change? How many of you are facing some things right now that unless God intervenes, it doesn't look like your story's going to end well. I want to encourage, look, look, all across this nation, we understand that there have been people that, whose businesses are on the line, that they've lost jobs, some have lost jobs, some have lost complete businesses. There are those that are struggling. But I promise you that we serve a God that can turn your mourning into dancing. And he's the only one that can do that. So today, if you're ready for it, I'm going to ask you to do something with me right now. I'm going to ask you, now I need you to follow my instruction here so we all don't get in trouble. Are you ready? I want you, if you're on the driver's side of that vehicle, to step out of it. Just step out of your vehicle for a moment. I want you to stretch your hands to heaven. Just to the driver's side of the vehicles. That way you're still more than six feet apart from each other. <laughs> but I want you to hear me and hear my heart for a second. You may be six foot apart from the person next to you. But you can never, ever be able to separate yourself from God. The scripture said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or famine or persecution or nakedness or sword he said as it is written for thy sake we're killed all the day long we're counted as sheep for the slaughter he said no in all these things we've been made more than a conqueror through him that loved us because i'm persuaded that there's nothing nothing not death not life not angels or principalities or powers or spiritual wickedness in high places there is nothing that can separate us from god you're raising your hands to the one that spoke life to you. You're stretching your faith to the only one that can change your situation. And you're not raising your hands in vain. But today, as we remember God, my friend, God remembers us. I want you to pray with me right now. Father, we stand before you today with hands outstretched, declaring from our heart, we remember, 
we remember that we were undone we remember the situation we were in and you came and rescued us we remember that darkest moment in our life when you showed up and drew us by your love we remember the price that was paid at calvary's cross we remember that you would rather die for us than live without us so today we stretch our hands and we say here i am god i trust you i believe you i know that you're getting ready to turn my morning into dancing that you're going to give me beauty for ashes and so today i choose to shout hallelujah <laughs> oh come on go ahead hallelujah <laughs> Go! 
Transfer